This is Maeve Doyle, and you're listening to A Private View. If I were to give you a formal introduction to David Yarrow, I would say that he's a tireless conservationist. As an artist, he's enjoying a rise in demand and global recognition, not unlike a Tom Ford or a Jeff Koons or or Russell Young. He's a very important and in-demand artist. He goes around the world finding shots that capture the viewer's imagination. David Yarrow, how are you? How are you dealing with all of this? I think it's, uh, like for everyone, there's a period of adjustment. Um, There's been an awful lot of uh, talk in uh, media channels about how uh, the coronavirus doesn't discriminate. Um, but of course, that's very different from saying we're all in the same boat. And some people are very fortunate to be in a boat that they're in, whilst others are incredibly unfortunate. And I'm one of the fortunate ones in that um, we have a home by the sea in, in Devon, and uh, I can get out and go on the beach, um, which is three or four minutes from my home. And um, so we feel very, very fortunate and, and full of sympathy for people that are working in much tougher environments or, or, or staying home in much tougher environments. It's um it's certainly uh not a not a movie that any of us uh, expected to be in and clearly it's the biggest crisis um of our generation and uh, generation before and um the forthcoming generation I feel very sorry for my children who one was enjoying Oxford University and that's been knocked uh, on the head and the other was about to do exams and that's been effectively knocked on the head. So we all have varying degrees of um, stories of um, missing out on on life. Um, From my perspective, it has been an opportunity to to regroup, to self-analyze, to try and be creative um, and think creatively. Uh, I did a podcast the other day, and I, I said I'm, I have no doubt that the um, that the Oscar nominees for 2021 will probably be the weakest uh, that they've been for an awful long time, just purely because there's not many films that are going to be able to, that will have been released. Um, conversely, I wonder whether the Oscar nominations for maybe not 2022, but 2023 will be the best ever because creative sorts are having time to re-energize, rethink um, in, a, in places where they can do that without noise. And I'm sure the arts industry will come back um, on far um, with much more creative courage than maybe it would have had had this not happened. Um, it is sometimes difficult when you're, when you're an artist um, to show anyone any work because you feel that it's, um, it's slightly self-indulgent, uh, it's not relevant, and it could be suggestive of a lack of empathy for people that are more at the front line. Um, so I was quite hesitant to begin with, but the overwhelming response has been, no, we need art, we need art at times like this, and if the art can be used in, in fundraising, which we've done with the NHS. Can you talk a bit about that? I think you did a fundraiser for the NHS with one of the great cat pictures. Uh, well, we, we, we uh, collaborated with um, uh, other artists, with, uh, um, with Maddox, the gallery in, in, in London, and Genesis, who are our, uh, printers and framers in London. And uh, I thought if we could find a picture that um, had a sort of allegory 
to the fortitude and resolve of the NHS staff. Quite a tricky thing to do that because, again, you do not want to be seen to be doing anything right now that's self-promoting in any way. And to try and find a, a picture that somehow or other is metaphorical for the pedestal that we put uh, the frontline workers on quite rightly now is 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 tough but there was a the picture of a of a lioness which i took from a cage i was in the water in january that the her 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 um focus her her fortitude her precision I think we're all, um, there's a metaphor in there for what's going on in hospitals around the country. And of course, then the word lion and the word pride uh, are, are not totally uh, separable. Uh, so I that offered a the They also, your your signature below the eye level of the cat is is so powerful. It's, a, it's as recognizable as the chords of a the Rolling Stones, when you hear them play music, I always know your work because of that. That's well, a, is there um, anything about that? Where did that come from? What's that? You have a the unique opinion. way of getting just below the animal's eye level, which seems to be something no one else does. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure I don't know about that. I'm sure a lot of people are, are, are trying it uh, more and more. To me, it's a prerequisite. You, if you want to um, extol the magnificence of animals, you cannot really be shooting down on them um, because that creates this sense of a false encounter. It belittles them in a little way. Um, you really have to be below them, um, which always quite easy with an elephant, but tougher with some other animals. And, and you really want to be on ground level. So you're almost seeing what... Um, a caterpillar would see or, or an ant would see. And to me, that's the only way that really, when you're taking a portrait of a, of a glorious animal, that's really the only way you should work, if you can. Um, there are, obviously, there are hurdles. There are hurdles in the way of that. Uh, regulation sometimes, uh, safety. Um, but there are, there are always ways around that. And uh, we've got... We've, it's an iterative process. By learning how to get it wrong, we eventually learn how to get it right. And it, it varies but animal to animal. And some animals are, particularly the tiger, are very, very difficult to do it with because you cannot get out of the car with the tiger. They'll kill you. So it, it depends very much on, on, on the animal. But yeah, I guess it's become a, in that genre of my work, which is a big part of what I do, but certainly not... Um, a disproportionately big part is, is one facet of what I do. Can you expand on that? I know, I know I've known you for a couple of years now and you seem to be growing and developing and taking on more and more and blurring the boundaries of where art and I think you, uh, filmmaking I think you, and... Yeah, you, you flatter me slightly. I think my friends would say, um, that uh, they wouldn't describe it as that. They'd say I had attention deficit disorder, so that I basically get bored very quickly. And if if um, if I'm doing one thing the whole time, uh, I think it dumbs down the creative process. If um, if Spielberg was told after filming Saving Private Ryan that for the rest of his life he was he did it so well he was going to shoot war films, I don't think he'd be particularly happy with that. Um, 
And the it is this way, feeling of being unsatisfied all the time that drives you on. I, I don't know about that. I mean, we, we had um, last year, uh, I took... Uh, I took two two decent pictures last year, which we I don't think could be bettered. Um, from I couldn't better them, um, uh, and one was a a stage shot, the remake of Wolf of Wall Street, and the other was with some very big elephants uh, in in Kenya. And I don't I don't think at the end of both those days, I can assure you, I had a few drinks and uh, we had some smiles on our faces. But you are only as good as your last shot. Um, and at the moment, my last shot is looking further and further backwards. I don't know quite when we'll be filming again soon. We've got some concepts we're working on right now to, to do in the British Isles because I'm quite um, bearish on, on international travel. I worry that uh, we're all being slightly optimistic right now as to when... Uh, filmmakers or it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter what your job you have you can you could you know you could have a lover on the other side of the world you can have a business the other side of the world um um you could have a doctor the other side of the world but i think it's it's going to be longer than what people generally believe in terms of international travel opening up airline travel opening up so so, so that does put demand a focus on on great britain which uh, I, I listened uh, uh, to Michael Palin yesterday on the BBC, and he was he's someone that travels as much as I do, and he was saying, "Well, you've got to you've got to um, seek opportunity out of this, and and that is the right that um, that is the way. That is um, there's so many adages. Um, life is not about uh, lying in the sunshine; it, it is about dancing in the rain." And we're all going to have to do quite a lot of dancing in the rain uh, over the next, uh, I think, 12 to 18 months. David, where were you when lockdown was announced? Uh, I'd just come back from, uh, I've been shooting in uh, West Texas on the Mexican border, um, very close to where uh, two great films were made, There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. Um, And it was our biggest ever production production. shoot and Texans of course they consider themselves a law unto themselves and uh, the Lone Star State so there was this was uh, quite early in March and there were a few things that made that uh, job um, slightly tougher Um, Austin the state capital of Texas had just cancelled South by Southwest which is an enormous event every year in 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 Austin and um, that was the week that that was the week before we shot in West Texas. So we, we were quite lucky to be able to get away with things. And um, the week after we, we shot some of the locations that we were working in uh, were locked down. So I think we got, you could have really, yeah, I was worried that I would, I didn't know that you got back until I spoke to Alex, your, your creative director. I, it was, you were one of the people who could have not made it back. That's how much you travel. But I, but other than of course missing my kids and not seeing my kids, it wouldn't have been too bad to be in Dallas. Um, if that's if that's where I'd ended up, um, it wouldn't have been the worst place. And I think things there are better than they are here. But we'll just in have what to. Sense? Um, in in terms of um, infection rates in 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 the right. greater state in, in Texas are, are lower. 
um, death rates are lower. Um, obviously, you've got a vast, uh, it's a vast state. Um, so the population density is, in, even, in, even in the big cities like Dallas is nowhere near um, what, it, what, it, what it is in, in London. Um, but, and, and things rightly or wrongly um, are opening up marginally there. But no, it's good to be home. I'm very lucky. I'm very pleased to be home. I felt a calling. Um, and the Brits, we, we've got many, many faults um, as a country. Um, and we can learn an awful lot from other countries, but I think we have got resolve, um, and oh. if and, and and things will good things will come out of this um, over time. I think greater humility, greater sense of uh, uh, of a breaking down of divides and humility. Um, I I I do admire um, the fortitude of British people, and I think. I'm not. I, I'm very fond of America uh, and spend a lot of time there. Um, but I think the kind of rioting that you've seen in Michigan um, would not happen here, and people that were involved in that would be socially outcast. Um, and I think rightly so. I agree. I mean, the British resolve is is remarkable. There's an intelligence, a wit, a self-deprecating. Uh, paradox with pride, uh, but I'm taking. I want to take you back to a picture I saw recently, uh, and I I need your perspective on this. I was looking at your Easter Sunday picture from the Untouchables exhibition in 2018, and I'm wondering what your perspective is on on tri- tribal culture at the moment. How are they adapting to the pandemic? Does it? I know you're not a doctor, you're not an expert in this. I know you're a photographer. And I, from that point of view, I want a, a sense of how you feel about the world outside of Western culture. Because um, it is a democratic virus, as you said. I, I, um, I haven't been asked about that picture for a long time. That was, that was taken uh, in Ethiopia uh, on the west side of the... Omo in a place, very quite a dangerous place called uh, Kibish, uh, which is uh, um, where uh, there are there are tribes down there that have really not been touched too much by um, the globalization of this world. Uh, if you'd asked me that question uh, four months ago, I would have said that in the era that we were in four months ago, because I think this is now a totally new era to four months ago, um, that the the wokeness that Ricky Gervais talked about at the Golden Globes, the degree of political correctness, whether it was misplaced or whether it was self, uh, self-serving or whether it was totally right, um, meant that photographing tribes in the same way as photographing naked women was not where the art world was because it's not where society was four months ago in the very same way that female photography, female form photography's prices have collapsed in Sotheby's. Um, So have images of tribal communities for different reasons um uh, exploitation of, of, of female form is a little bit one-dimensional a bit 1980s 
and also if you if you're a tribe and you live in Papua New Guinea or you live in in, in the Amazon or you live in Ethiopia and a, a Western photographer coming along and asking you to pose for a picture because there's a visual disconnect in the way that you look is um I think a dangerous place to base your photography around um there's some great photographers that specialize in the in the in this arena jimmy nelson probably being the most famous and can i, can just... I stop you for a second for one yeah. quick second that, that that theory and i get that theory and i'm gonna let you finish your point but in a way the artwork has a sense has a life of its own now that it's out there because i would understand the theory of what you're talking about four months ago too and yet now I'm looking at that picture every day and, and I feel it just like a human being. All of us are affected by this. And so all of that well, I mean, yeah, political I mean, correctness has just washed away. And I'm thinking, how is this tribe listening to the advice? How are they dealing with this? And, and what, okay. what did David have to do to get these people to trust him? And what do we have to do? So I, I understand what you're saying, but the work stands alone now. Well, uh, you see, I would take issue with that because the bottom line is for any artist, unless the artist has got unusual circumstances, the, the, the bottom line for a lot of art has to be commerciality. If, if a gallery shows pictures that people don't want to buy, that gallery is actually a museum rather than a gallery. Now, do people right now... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just... That was refreshing to hear. That was funny. But it's it's the reality is that your best your best pictures are going to be the ones that sell the best because that's what makes the world go round. That's what pays the galleries. That's what allows the galleries to pay their 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 stuff. And it's what affords the the, the photographers the ability to go on more trips. The I would whether 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 whatever happens in the denouement of this. Uh, century, hundred century, hundred year crisis. Once in a hundred year crisis, I can assure you, my one of my reactions to it will not be, let's go and photograph tribes in the Amazon or Papua New Guinea, because I don't. I, I see the point that you're making in that we are one world, and isn't it extraordinary that we all live on the same planet and whether people uh, have dressed the same way for a million years or not, we're all part of the one world uh, by and large by and large people don't want to put that stuff on their walls um, it was very different from what Peter Beard did Peter Beard's work was uh, was art he, he didn't bless him and I used to go to his gallery an awful lot you know some of his best work was done when he was high as a kite so when when people turn around and say it, it wasn't it clever what he was thinking in terms of the juxtaposition of um predators and blood he was just off his face but <laughs> it didn't matter because it was art uh and it was interpretive and it was different and it was authentic um that picture that you talk about and i can say it because it's my picture um there's two skills involved in that picture one of them has got nothing, both of them got nothing to do with the camera. One is, one is getting there. Uh, 
which is to an extent a logistical skill. And the second is winning the crowd, which is a charm and money skill. That's right. And, um, as uh, in the great line in, in Gladiator, when Russell, Russell Crowe's told, win the crowd. And if, if you win the crowd in a place like that, and you do it through gifts, through, through, through dollars, um, and you keep safe, then you can photograph whatever you want. I don't know whether it's art. I, and, and this goes right back to my own uh, self-questioning. I think it's, it's, it's tribal documentarianism, um, which is informative, but I don't know whether it's necessarily art. I remember going up to a community in, um, right in the north of Greenland, one of the most remote hunting communities in, in the world. It was the toughest trip I've ever done. It was, I, it's the only trip that I came back with an illness. I had, I got frostbite and I, um, I remember spending an evening in an igloo in minus 45 degrees and, and the pictures I got, I thought were, um, they were gritty. Uh, they were novel. Uh, they had a, a, there were quite a lot of emotion and a real sense of place and sense of cold. Um, it probably cost me about $40,000, the whole trip in terms of access and flights and whatever. Um, and I, I thought I did a good body of work. I, I don't think we sold a single picture from that trip because why does, why does someone, and we, of course you, you can't call them, they're certainly not called Eskimos any longer. They're called Inuits or indigenous communities. But if you don't know anyone in that indigenous community, unless the picture is, um, the, 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 the individuals in the picture are deliberately, uh, anonymous unless there's collective anonymity. People don't want to put that on their wall because someone says, well, who, who is this person? Who's that person by the, by the igloo? And you go, I don't know. Um, I know the photographer, but there's no real personal connection to it. Doesn't mean that I don't have huge respect for people that go and find the last tribe in the Amazon. You've just got to be very, very careful how you go about it. And there isn't, I think we all walk in 2020 on eggshells um, because of the combination of uh, political correctness. Um, you know, even if I, I would imagine my, my, the trip I was, I was about to do, um, which I was very excited about, it was when I came back from Texas, was I was taking the president of Rwanda, Kagama, uh, up to have a, a counter with um, a silverback gorilla in the volcanoes. So I was taking probably one of the most respected uh, statesmen in Africa, 11,000 foot up a volcano with a TV crew to photograph him with the, with the gorillas. Um, th that was cancelled. and uh, um, But even before lockdown, it was cancelled because it would all take one person to say how selfish there were meant to be 97% related to gorillas. Just imagine if you had the virus and we don't know, of course, whether gorillas can get it, but 97% of our genes are the same. So, you know, thought well, they probably could. And that led to two gorillas dying or triple gorilla. Your, your career would be over. Um, so I think we all walk on eggshells right now. So um, what I'm, I'm guess, what I'm sensing from you is this is a game changer for, for you more than it is for most people. Your body of work, the way you work, how you find locations, how many trips and projects that had to be rearranged, readjusted, 
I dare I say, cancelled. I don't know whether it's, I, I'm an optimist. Um, I don't think it's a game changer. Um, it is certainly um, going to cause us over the next 18 months to go down um, unprescribed paths that we hadn't thought we would be doing beforehand. But we do have two things in our in our favor. We have um, uh, a business model that's been refined. We've got a great collectors around the world. We've got a following. Uh, and um, I don't think anyone is expecting me to go and take a picture of an elephant right now. So we had our morning meeting this morning as we, we do. And all we talked about in our morning meeting was very specific locations in Iceland, um, going right to the point of half a mile from where they shot Star Wars, half an hour from where the Bond movie was filmed, half an hour from Fast and Furious, half an hour from Game of Thrones. So very specific conversations about locations in Iceland. What then do you do if the hotels are closed and you have to stay overnight? What then do you do if the airport is not open to commercial traffic? How much does it cost to fly privately to these locations? All, all, the, all those considerations. And then, of course, we don't know what the Icelandic government will announce um, in 11 days' time. But there's going to be more chance of photographing in Iceland than there is going to be photographing in Kenya. So we, we have to adapt and be so on top of our game that when a place opens up, we're the first people there, and whereas others are thinking, oh, we should do something about that. So we're, we're, we're ready and raring to go. Um, and that's all about preparation and, and research. I've always wondered what your film is going to be, and I continue to wonder that. But I'll ask you for the because I and tell me if there is if you're ready to talk about it because I know it's coming and it will be Oscar nominated. What have you been watching since lockdown started? Since I know film informed you, yeah. Um, it's probably it's the right question. Yeah, this is the wrong one because I've seen so many movies, so I, I've seen so much. So. You go back and you watch old movies and the movies that um, almost by definition is it is a platitude the, the movies you've watched the most are the movies you like the most so the the, the, the classics that if you take a cross-section of people a lot of people have watched whether it be gladiator or shawshank redemption or jaws uh or the godfather five six seven times because it's their mo favorite movie yes um, that's true and, um, i uh, i go back and, and i watch uh but I'm, i've been more i've been um uh master class I'm, I'm i'm watching master class uh i watched the martin scorsese series and uh enjoyed that amazing and from that and um i've been watching uh uh, the stupid uh, tiger thing on Netflix, just because it has some sort of relevance to to where the world we're in, um, and um, um, Godless, which is a series shot in Nebraska, I enjoy because I do a lot of uh, shoots in 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 the West, the old West, and there's some sort of uh, I have a, uh, um, a fascination, a kind of visceral fascination with the Wild West, which I can't really articulate, but it does hold a, 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 a a, a large part of my uh, emotional energy.
David Yarrow, I love what you do. I love your work. I love your self-deprecating nature and the fact that you're always trying to make the world a better place. If this lockdown carries on, uh, would you find time to talk to me again about what yeah, you're working on? Love it. Not Thank much, you. Not at all. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.